the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. Streaming globally at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Joe Biden's top political advisors are bracing for big election losses in November. They know the party holding the White House nearly always loses congressional seats in the first midterm election of a new presidency. They also understand Gas prices racing past $5 a gallon on average, along with inflation, have left a lot of Americans disillusioned right now with the president and his policies. Also at SRNews.com, former President Trump was in Nashville last night for the Faith Freedom and uh, Coalition address. When Republicans retake control of Congress, they should turn the table and the Democrats show trial and immediately launch a full investigation into the egregious abuse of power that has taken place in the name of January 6th. It's in the name of. President Trump speaking, former President Trump in Nashville last night. This is SRN News. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. United We Pledge has partnered with Balance of Nature to help ensure traditional American freedoms exist for us and for future generations. United We Pledge is raising money to build an American Village West campus that will house replicas of key historic buildings and realistic portrayals of the men and women who helped shape this nation. This village will provide educational experiences for youth and families. To raise funds and bring awareness to this project, world record-holding endurance athlete Tom Jones is running 76 consecutive marathons from the original American Village in Alabama to the future home of the American Village West in Washington County, Utah. He will be powered by Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies. Balance of Nature is proud to provide fruits and veggies in a Patriot Pack for a limited time to support this effort. A portion of the proceeds from each Patriot Pack will go directly to United We Pledge to help build this project. Use promo code VILLAGE to receive 35% off your first preferred order. Go to buypatriotpack.com to start your pledge to help preserve the freedoms we value. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Yes! 
Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Bing Show, the Biz fourteen forty. Thank you so much. Good to uh, good to be visiting with you today. Uh, we just spent an hour talking about about the Fed, and we're probably going to spend the next hour talking mostly about the same thing. Why? Because there was a lot of consequence to that. Uh, the changing of expectations, perhaps by selective off the record comments from some Fed officials to some reporters may have happened. Don't know. Feels like it, can I say? Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, so that's one item that's out there. Uh, I do note that the that it appears that that communication may have gone to reporters rather than directly to market participants. There were a lot of people who in the Fed Funds futures market for the December contract had bidded out all the way to an expectation closer to 4% for the end of the year. The Fed has said now it's going to be at three and a quarter, three and a half, and it's just typed back to a Narn fan on Twitter using our hashtag pound KBRS. That's how you find us and find comments from everyone. Good, good uh, discussion today. Um, it's you know it snapped back in less than two hours. By the end of the day, the Fed funds futures market had completely adopted the dot plot as their expectation too. That does not happen. All that does not have to happen. And so when the Fed says it's got credibility, I have to say, at least in the way it thinks of how it measures its productivity. The market reaction to the to the statement of economic projections and the press conference would say they still got it. And everyone's like, "Oh, Fed's completely ruined its productivity." In fact, I'll play I'll play a, a little uh, Muhammad El Arian later uh, to get at that. But um, I I do think uh, I do think that they've got uh, they've got something very interesting. So, look, I I don't like being. I don't like being conspiracy. I don't like conspiracy theory, King. And he occasionally comes out to play. Um, I don't really love being a person who thinks that there might be something happening. But here's one thing I do know: at a press conference, you probably aren't winging it on who you pick to ask the first quest to to call on someone to ask the first question. Chances are you've you've probably had a conversation with your people to say. Yeah, we're going to call on this person. Well, lucky winner, winner, chicken dinner uh, uh, on Wednesday was Howard Schneider with Reuters. Um, and the question was really short. But that means to me that I don't know that he I don't know that he signaled the question. But it means that they had some confidence that Howard would ask a question that would be helpful to the message that the Fed wanted to get out. And so 
I found that because I thought that, I thought the question he asked uh, was very interesting. And this is where this is where my antennae went up. They're like, hmm, hmm. This is Howard Schneider asking that first question at the press conference. Cut number four. Two related questions, uh, Chair Powell. Did you feel you uh, boxed yourself in with the language you used at the last press conference on uh, 50 basis point hikes in June and July? And would you please give us uh, as detailed a sense as you can of what role you played uh, in reshaping market expectations so quickly on Monday? Okay. Reading that again, and I'll read from the transcript. Would you please give us as detailed a sense that you can what role of what role you played in reshaping market expectations so quickly on Monday? Is there any way to read this other than a question of, did you call people? Did your people call people? Who did you call? Did you guys call? Did you guys call others in this room? You wonder if Howard didn't get the call. Um, because if Howard got the call, would Howard ask this question? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so. So he's asked, so he's asked, you know, what made you change your mind? Um, uh, and, and, and Powell takes that second question and asks the second question and absolutely drops it. And Schneider never comes, Schneider tries to grab the microphone and re-ask the question and, and off it went to uh, the New York Times reporter who we won't really hear from. Uh, I want you to hear the answer. Um, I I think you, I, you want to hear the answer. I'm going to play pieces of it. Uh, this was him. uh, This is Powell answering Schneider cut number five. And in the current highly unusual circumstances with inflation well above our goal, we think it's helpful, helpful to provide, provide even more clarity than usual. Um, again, subject to uncertainty in the outlook. So, um, and I think over the course of over the course of this year, financial uh, markets have responded uh, and and have generally shown that they understand the path we're we're, uh, we're laying out. It, of course, it remains data dependent. Uh, right, and he continues cut number six. And of course, when we offered that when I offered that guidance uh, at the last meeting, I did say that it was subject to the economy performing about in line with expectations. I also said that uh, if the economy performed, if data came in worse than expected, then we would consider moving even more aggressively. So uh, we got the we got the CPI data, and also some data on inflation expectations uh, late last week, and we thought for a while, and we thought, well, this is the appropriate thing to do. So then the question is, what do you do, and do you wait six weeks? to do it at the next meeting, and I think the answer is that's not where we are with this. So we decided we needed to go ahead, and so we did. Okay, so that that part explains why they did 75 versus 50. We saw some data late as I played for you. As I played for you, let me see if I can find that, that cut again, too. I think it was um, cut 10. Yes, play cut number 10, please, Daniel. I would like to think, though, that our guidance is still credible, but it's always going to be conditional on on what happens. This is an unusual situation to get, uh, you know, uh, uh, some data 
late in in uh, during blackout pretty close very close to our meeting very unusual to one that would actually change the outcome so um, I, I've only seen in my 10 years plus here at the Fed I've only seen something like that even close to that one or two times so I don't think it's something that will come up a great deal so he says so if you put those together and that that other answer came 20 minutes later 15 15 to 20 minutes later in the press conference um, what you see is we got data late we couldn't come out and publicly say what we were thinking I'm not going to tell you whether or not we called anybody to tell them, hey, you should know we're really thinking about 75. You might want to write a story about that, which is all it would take, right? If you're, if you're G.D. Smellick at, at the New York Times or Nick Timoros at, 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 the, at, at the Wall Street Journal or, I don't know, Matt Bosler maybe? Did he do one at, at the Financial Times? There were like two or three that came boom, boom, boom. And between Sunday night and Monday morning. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? I could see one person running out there just to do it, just to sort of say, hey, this might be a fun thing to do. And one of those three, I'm like, whoa, what is going on? How did all three of you decide to write the same story within 12 hours? And then he doesn't answer. I've played you pretty much the entire answer. The only editing I did was get to was to get a little bit of the urs and ums and the warm up that that he does, but he pretty much doesn't answer the question. I, I think Daniel would agree with me because uh, he edited the tape for me. Um, I think he'd agree with me that he didn't answer that question of what role did you play in communication. He just says market participants can pretty well figure out what we're thinking. Well, you're in a blackout period. You told everybody 50. And then you get this late information. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, I think they actually did whisper to people. It's not unusual, I think, to see some whispering. But this is a Fed that has been willing to be very open and trans very open very transparent this goes back to to the bernanke period and i will say if you read lords of easy money the uh the uh, book by uh, chris uh, by yes christopher leonard um lords of easy money which is which is about paul and it's a it's kind of the story is told through a a mini biography of thomas honig uh, who used to be the chair of the Kansas City Fed, president, excuse me, of the Kansas City Federal Reserve. Um, it does not surprise me that they would do such a thing. Um, it doesn't surprise me that he would be asked the question and not answer it, because he's good at not answering questions. He's not as good at it as Alan Greenspan was. Nobody was as good at it as Alan Greenspan was. Um, People will remember Alan Greenspan's line, if you, if you understood what I was saying, I must have misspoke. I might have, might have slightly uh, shortened that. Um, but basically, I'm not here to give you complete, full transparency, was the Alan Greenspan line. I don't think there's been complete transparency about what happened over the weekend. But it's pretty clear 
that there that something happened to make the market move as much as it did as quickly as it did and i can say it took me a good 24 to 36 hours before i decided you know what something's happening they actually are going to go to 75 there are too many people out here for me to think because i'm living here in st cloud minnesota i'm i'm not in the i'm not on wall street i'm not in dc um i have to get my information filtered in some way by watching what's happening out there but by Monday night, you could not possibly have missed all the signals that were out there that the Fed was going to do something different. And, and, and then, of course, in the middle of that, we get the thing we won't talk about today, which is the bear market, right? And the fact that we're in a bear market. I think some of the bear, the, the bear conversation on Monday was people reacting to the fact that, whoa, wait, what? We are what? We're going to raise rates 75 basis points? Rates are going to go up faster, and I do think they're going to be restrictive. And, I, and I'm and i now convinced, indeed, I was on KSTP on Tuesday and said, said in effect, um, I believe that there will be a recession in 23 now. Okay, I make it as more likely than not. I make it as a greater than 50% probability that there will be a recession in 23. I make it as an almost... I don't want to say zero, but I make it still only about a 15 to 20% chance that it would begin in 2022. So my base case is not that. My base case is, in fact, um, 20 is that it will be 2023 before it happens. But there's almost no doubt in my mind it's going to happen. And people are beginning, I think people are beginning to feel it. I need to take a break here. When I come back, more from the press conference and Muhammad El Aryan taking a victory lap on news stations across the world. He's having himself a time. Uh, back after this, King Banging Show, The Biz, 1440. Sightseeing in Paris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Before Bamboo HR, <laughs> I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had 
paper stack. It was all in spreadsheets and like folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the bamboo like onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm like totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. Step into Red Wing Shoes this season for a comfortable pair of waterproof footwear. They feature safety toe and regular toe work boots and shoes. Let their friendly fit experts find you the right footwear for your job in the right size. Remember, Red Wing also carries accessories, polish, socks, inserts, and more. Don't forget to ask about their mobile shoe service where they bring the store to you. Visit Red Wing Shoes in Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. Need new windows but don't want to sit through long, high-pressure sales calls? I get it. What if I told you you could get competitive quotes from three contractors after one short meeting with me on any window brand, and it's all free? Visit my three quotes online. That's my three quotes. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Let me run through the meeting a little bit more, and then I might have to split because I just saw a story go up uh, over at the Minnesota Post from my good friend, uh, Lewis Johnston. Um, and I do consider my good friend, even though we, we, we don't have the same view on a number of things, but, but, but I, I really like Lewis and... Uh, Love having conversations with him. So he's just posted something, and I just liked it, uh, thanks to uh, John Phelan for, uh, from uh, the Center of American Experiment for posting it and, put it in, and thereby putting it in my newsfeed. Um, so, so Paul is then asked, uh, a, a, the next answer comes from, uh, is, is the, que- the answer to the question about, uh, um, it, from Ginny Smalik uh, at the New York Times, says, how are you deciding how aggressive to be? Why didn't you go to 100 basis points? Basically, the thing that we played uh, from uh, Jim Cramer from CNBC two Fridays ago. Why didn't you follow Cramer's advice? Why didn't you just go 20? You know, uh, um, uh, you know. So, and he gives uh, gives a very, very, very long answer. Which, again, I think he was ready for this question. He wanted someone to ask him why not 100. So let's play that. Cut number seven. We've been moving rates up uh, expeditiously to more normal levels. And over the course of the seven months since we, since we pivoted and began moving in this direction, we've seen uh, financial conditions tighten, and appropriately so. Um, but the federal funds rate, even after this move, is at 1.6%. So, uh, again, the committee uh, is moving rates up expeditiously to more normal levels. And we came to the view that um, we'd like to do a little more front-end loading on that. 
So I think that the, the SEP gives you the levels that people think are appropriate at, a, at given points in time. This was really about the speed with which you would get there. And the speed at which you get there matters in his mind because he didn't want to get out too far ahead. So the market participants tell him through that Fed Fund's futures contract what they think the rate's going to be. The Fed is not setting the rate right now. The market didn't set the rate. The market set the rate. The market started to move it. Now, they could have quashed it, but had they come out and said 50 basis points, it's pretty clear that everyone would have said, whoa, wait, they're a little behind the curve. This isn't, this isn't really all that good. Um, and then he says this, which I think is very, very important, and it, and it confirms what I told you in the last hour, that the policy they're, they're evincing for you right now is, is restrictive, although he's going to try to at least code it just a little bit. Cut number eight. Committee participants widely would like to see policy at a modestly restricted, restrictive level at the end of this year. And that's six months from now. And, you know, so much data and so much can happen. So remember how highly uncertain this is. But so that is generally a range of three to three and a half percent. That's where people are. And that's, that's what they want to see, knowing what they know now and understanding that we need to be, we need to show resolve, but also be flexible to incoming data as we see it. So, yes, that's where they are for the end of 22, but it's very interesting that they say, even though they say inflation in 2023, the median expectations was, was for 2.6% inflation. As you saw on the dot, on, on the dot plot that I, that I posted for you, um, in, at the end of 23, they expect to have interest rates higher, the median number now at, at the median number now at something like three and a half to four percent, um, and even in twenty four at three at between at about th- it looks like the median I'm trying to do this in my head is at three and a quarter to three and a half, even though they believe the long run rate has to be l- lower. So here's here's the point I was trying to make in the last hour. Let me just explain this a little bit further. The rate that you're supposed to have is a rate that is equal to your expectation of what inflation is going to be plus some real rate plus particularly if you're using if you're using a, a Taylor rule you should be you should be raising it above what you think the rate would normally be if if you are trying to pull inflation back down to 2% Now, we've talked about this neutral rate, the real rate, the inflation-adjusted rate of interest that that the Fed believes clears the market. It's not something that you can truly measure, but right now you'll hear Powell talk about it. You'll hear Bullard talk about it. You'll hear Waller. I've heard Waller give a number. There are some Fed officials that have never given a number, what they think that is. Uh, Mary Daly out in San Francisco, she's given a number. I'm just trying to remember all the ones I've heard, but they all lie in the range of about, let's say, one half of 1%. Right? If you think the inflation rate is going to be 2.6% next year, and 
you think the and you think the 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 neutral rate is half percent, then you would you would want to target something above three and a quarter. So if they're at three point eight on twenty twenty three. That means they believe inflation is going to be above target, and they're saying it's going to be above target through next year. And the only way to get it out of the market is to run this, quote-unquote, moderately restrictive rate. That's what was interesting about the market reaction, which is the market basically agreed with the Fed that that rate is going to be the right rate for them to use. That is, I think, again quite unusual um so we've talked about that we've talked about that i'm flipping around um and when they said this when they said this uh uh someone from uh from the washington post of rachel siegel i actually don't know who that is um ask about you know is a higher unemployment rate necessary in order to combat inflation What's lost if the unemployment rate has to go up and people lose their jobs in order to control inflation? Here's the answer he gives to that question. Cut number 11. You're right. In, in the in the SEP, we have unemployment going up to four point. The median is is uh, is four point one percent. There are of course a range of of, uh, of actual forecasts, and I, I would characterize that if you if you were to get inflation down to you know, on its way down to 2% and the unemployment went up to, rate went up to 4.1%, that's still a, you know, historically low level. You know, we hadn't seen, we hadn't seen rates, unemployment rates below 4% until a couple of years ago for, we'd seen it for like one year in the last 50. So the idea that, you know, 3.6% is historically low in, in the last century. So a 4.1% unemployment rate with, with, Inflation well on its way to two percent. I think that would be. I, I, w- I think that would be a successful outcome. And so here's the argument that people will make. And I, I haven't read what Lewis wrote, but I'm going to. I can well guess because I know him pretty well. That the that raising the rate to say the high threes is going to cause an unemployment that is kind of unacceptable. It's going to hit the wrong people. It'll hit people. People of lower income, it'll hit, uh, uh, it'll hit disproportionately um, uh, lower class workers. It'll hit workers, workers of color. It will so on and so on. Powell is right to say that if we landed at four point one percent and we ended up with an inflation rate back in the mid twos, we'd all say, "Wow, that's a pretty good job." I think the question that many will raise, and I think this is a point where perhaps Lewis and I would agree, and again, I haven't read it, but I'm going to guess that he's going to say, and I know I would say, the likelihood that you could run the, the interest rate with a real rate back above 1%, maybe closer to 1.5%, which is what it seems like they're forecasting, is probably going to set off a recession that gives you an unemployment rate closer to 5% than 4%. So this gets to this question of how much are you willing to sacrifice to pull 1% of inflation expectations out of the market? So if we believe that Michigan survey that says over the next five years, people are expecting 3.3% inflation. And suppose we then say we're going to move that 
down to 2%. And I tell you, it's going to cost you 2 percentage points of unemployment. The Fed is saying, in essence, they can do that with a cost of one half of 1%, maybe three quarters of 1% to pull that rate down. And suppose I say, well, suppose that cost was two points of unemployment for one year. So for, okay, that means 3 million people extra unemployed to reduce inflation by 1%. It's a legitimate question for policymakers and for economists to ask, is that a price you're willing to pay? I remind people of a line that I, I've used this before on the show. It was taught to me by one of my one of my public my only actually graduate public finance professor Craig Stubblebine uh, at Claremont McKenna when he said when when he said to me a thing is neither good nor bad save the alternatives make it so and the first time you hear it I said it fast I do this with my students because they look at me like what does that even mean it it means. You, it means, and I've used this in other ways, uh, the, the Peter Gordon quote, that's kind of the same thing. If you're going to take a percentage point out of the inflation, if you're going to take 1% out of expected inflation, the question is, at what cost, compared to what, and how do you know? That's applied economics in 10 words. What's it going to cost to take 1% percentage point of inflation out? This is why I think it's okay to have a Paul Krugman come out and say, well, you might really not want to do that. You might actually just want to learn to live with 3% inflation. I don't think that's a wrong question. I think it's wrong policy advice. I don't think it's a wrong question. And, and on my side, at least based on the statements he made in the press conference, is one Jay Powell. I'll let you hear that right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Up, down, sideways? Where does the stock market go from here? More importantly, are you prepared with your investment portfolio for whatever direction we head? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing five investment mistakes you're making right now. Mistakes that could cost you your retirement. Alan Mike have solutions and strategies for you. Make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them now at 855-231-6010. Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello, anyone? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? It's time for Salem Surround. Let us handle everything and get your message seen and heard. Let's turn up the volume on your business with Salem Surround. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. 
For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. I, I was afraid we don't have enough time to get through all the clips that I thought were really interesting. I'm going to probably leave a couple on the cutting room floor. There's one you kind of have to hear, though, that, that was um, really interesting. I might go back to, to, to another one. But this one might end up in our, in, in our show intro because it's really kind of... Um, it's really kind of interesting. Uh, it's, it's the really shortcut number 13. I think you've seen, again, we've been expecting progress, and we didn't get that. We got, we got sort of the opposite. <laughs> Is that not delightful? Um, I would say I, I should if we cut off that, I, I think you've seen again, Parton, just uh, we've been expecting progress. We didn't get that. We got sort of the opposite. Um, it basically says, hey, we blew the inflation forecast. We blew it. We missed it. Um, and, and so to John, who, who left me a question uh, uh, with Daniel asking, what do we mean by inflation is transitory? Well, ask Jay Powell, because certainly some of what they thought was, was transitory. I think what they mean is this, John. And th- I'm going to put this, Right. Suppose, suppose I know that that the truck that fills most of the gas stations in town, most of the gas that's in that's sold in the city of Saint Cloud, comes out of one place. And suppose I know because I know that I know that that distributor. Suppose I know that he missed a shipment. It didn't. It didn't happen. Um. And so I know the price of gasoline is going to go up dramatically over the next few days. I actually help make that happen because I run out and buy gas before everybody else knows what I know. Right? I'm going to tank. I'm going to. I'm going to tank up both my cars. That price jumps up. 
unless unless we know that 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 my distributor is never getting a shipment of oil of gasoline ever again, what's going to happen next week? Price is going to come back down to the old level. So that'd be an example of a transitory price change. I think what was meant here was a lot of the increase in prices is due to things that will reverse over time. I I I mean I, I know people don't like hearing me say this because they think I'm letting I'm letting uh, the the current administration off the hook. There's tons of blame to go on this administration. Um, no problem with that. But when people when I cite the the war between Russia and Ukraine as being a cause for higher gas prices, it's not a hundred percent of the explanation. It's not even fifty percent of the explanation. But does it have some impact on the price of gas in the U.S.? You betcha. It does have some. It just doesn't have as much as it's not. It's not the the Putin price hike. That price hike was going on long before Putin. I agree. But does Putin contribute to it? Sure, he does. And and, and you you do yourself no favors by denying that. Okay. But let me uh, let me go backwards a little bit and also cite that that what the fed thinks it wants to get to is a labor market that it believes it needs to have in needs to have that looks like this cut number 12 workers are getting wage increases maybe the, maybe the workers at the lower end of the spectrum are getting the biggest wage increases as they were before the pandemic um, where participation is high where there's lots of job opportunities where it's just a really i mean the, the labor market we had before the pandemic was that's what we want to get back to and how to get back to it later in the press conference he makes it very plain the way you're going to get back to it this is cut number 15 the worst mistake we could make would be to fail which it's not an option you know we have to restore price stability we really do because everything it's the bedrock of the economy if you don't have price stability the economy is really not going to work the way it's supposed to it won't work for people their wages will be being eaten up so we want to get the job done this is this inflation happened relatively recently we don't think that it's affecting expectations in, in any kind of fundamental way. We don't think that we're seeing a wage price spiral. We think that that the, that the public uh, generally sees us as, as very likely to be successful in getting inflation down to 2%, and that's critical. It's absolutely key to the whole thing. And that, So that's what they're hoping for, right? They, and they believe that they have credibility, but in order to maintain the credibility, they now have to invest in, their repu- in a reputation of being willing to fight inflation even when it's painful. And that's what reputation means. Okay, there's this, there's this great scene. Because right? I know I've got a lot of listeners who are in my age group. Daniel will have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Daniel, have you ever heard of a TV series called Happy Days? I've heard of it. I don't okay. don't remember watching it too much, but when I was a kid, it was on. Okay, so it was probably on like TV Land or something like that, and and you might remember Ron Howard and Henry Winkler and all that. So so I'm going to cite those two people, right? Um, I think it was I think it was the Ron Howard character that was that was uh, uh, that was uh, having issues with other kids in the high school and 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 being being. Uh, pushed around by bullies at school. And Henry Winkler says, well, you have to actually 
you actually need to dress tough. You need to look tougher. So, so, and I again, I think it's the I think it's the Ron Howard character. It might be it might have been the other the sidekick, whose name on the show was Potsy, but I don't even know what the name of the name of the actor was that played that played Potsy. Anyway, the guy shows up. The uh, let's say it's Ron Howard. Ron Howard shows up. He's wearing leather. He's got his hair slicked back. He's got the swagger going on and so forth. And the kids that were picking on him just decide, okay, we're going to have to pick on you even harder, right? And, and 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 pick on you even harder, and they basically challenge him to a fight. The Ron Howard character pulls pulls Fonzie Henry Winkler into the bathroom at Arnold's, or and says, "What's going on? I thought this was going to work." He says, ah, "I left one thing out of the I left one thing out of the plan." At some point, you actually have to do. You actually have to fight somebody once. In order for monetary policy to have credibility, from time to time, you have to do something that is in fact painful to you. Triggering a small run-up in unemployment is going to be necessary for the Fed to reestablish its credibility. He can say this all he wants. But if you're doing a whisper campaign to push the to push uh, push uh, the market on the le- on the weekend before an FOMC meeting to 75 from 50, and you're having to come out and say the inflation the interest rate's going to actually be up around four percent all the way through 2023, you have damaged your credibility versus what you said only three months ago. You're not doing flexible average inflation targeting. We don't actually know what you're targeting. You're trying to get people month to month. And, and he says, at some point, he says, hey, we well, have to pay attention to headline inflation. Um, that He has to do both those things. I, I think they have to make some investment in there, in there. And that's why I say I do think there's a recession coming because I think the Fed has to trigger a small one. They have to hope that it doesn't get out of hand. But I think it's coming, and I think it has to come because they want their credibility back. And they, when he spends all that time talking about we got to get to price stability, it's necessary to build this economy that gets us back to those. And it, I mean, he thinks himself somehow he had all that credibility back in 2019, in early 2020, okay, with a president that that he didn't seem to like very much, uh, but he. Um, he he wanted all that. He wants to get back to that, and he believes he had credibility back then. I think he overestimates credibility he had then, and I think he overestimates the amount of credibility. He says things that indicate he has credi- He thinks he's got credibility, but what they're doing right now in terms of what they're projecting for rate increases is the behavior of Fed that is worried that they don't actually have credibility. And the person that has sussed that out more than anybody else is Muhammad Al-Aryan. We'll play some of his clips from uh, one of the many, many TV shows he was on over the last week. Coming up next here, coming up the final segment of the King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Is 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. 
Mark A. of Plymouth says Great Garage Door is top-notch. The tech Mark fixed the job promptly and was professional. I'll recommend Great Garage Door to my friends and family due to Mark's amazing level of service. Experience Great Garage Door's same-day service at 763-767-3000. Hi, John Wichko here. As the owner of Advantage Auto Glass, I want to thank you for supporting our local family-owned business. In fact, we've grown because of you. So we've hired more certified technicians so we can serve more Minnesotans. I want to invite you to finally get that chipped or cracked windshield fixed now. You've put it off long enough. We'll even come to your home or work anywhere in the metro to save you time. Advantage Auto Glass has an A-plus rating with the BBB, and we're a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. You get that distinction with over 20 years of experience. Tell your insurance agent that you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass, or better yet, give us a call and we'll handle all the paperwork with no out-of-pocket costs to you. Every windshield we install is backed by a lifetime warranty. Just call Advantage Auto Glass today and we'll take care of everything. And don't forget, you can always schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. ReplaceMyWindshield.com. For chips, mix, or cracks, call Advantage Auto Glass. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children. To get half off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale. We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. I asked the station several times to make sure that I understood that there weren't strings attached, and, and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger, and they're better equipped for life. Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults. Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Some of your favorite pastors and authors are bringing you their most popular devotionals free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend focused time in God's Word. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox. The devotionals for parenting, singles, women, and more. Crosswalk.com provides spiritual growth for every stage of life. Crosswalk.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. You know how you know that something's gotten through to everybody and pierced the consciousness uh, of, of, the, of, the, of the country is when a guy that is normally on Bloomberg and CNBC shows up on the CBS morning, Sunday morning news. That's what happened. No, it wasn't Sunday morning news. On Face the Nation, uh, Muhammad el was on last Sunday. I don't actually have that clip, uh, that clip for you, but he was on there. This was, and he was on before the Fed meeting. Um, basically saying the Fed's behind the curve. And he was, oh my goodness, he was everywhere. I, I, he's president of Queens College in London as well as, uh, as well as chief economist for Allianz. And I'm like, how does this guy have time to do all these different jobs? Um, uh, someone's going to say, well, 
you're supposed to be be a dean king, and you're talking to a lot of people about the economy too. Yeah, well, that's true. I'd like to think I get my work done, uh, and I don't have nearly as many uh, media obligations as uh, as uh, Muhammad does. Uh, but he was on with Jonathan Farrow on uh, on uh, I believe this was on uh, Bloomberg Surveillance or the opening uh, yesterday uh, on on Bloomberg Television, and uh, he had this to say. This is what cut seventeen. Has the Fed just committed to driving us into a recession? That, that is an unfair question um, because the Fed has no choice but to confront inflation. So in doing so, and because it's late, yes, it has increased the probability of a recession. But the original sin, John, was committed last year. And once you start from such a suboptimal position, you end up in this dilemma, which the Fed has right now, which is, is going to end up making one of two policy mistakes, either push the economy into recession with a high likelihood or alternatively persist with high inflation for too long. And the policy mistakes it made was to call it transitory. To, I'll note that uh, Don asked, why, isn't, why does the Fed say more about what's going on with fiscal policy? It typically doesn't do so. One of the places where, that, where there's an exception to that is when the, when the fiscal policymaker is about to spend a bunch of money that they believe they would have to fight against to control inflation. They typically would say that they did not last year, and I think that was a mistake. They should, they should have come out and said something to the effect of, and they didn't even speak out against uh, Build Back Better or the size of Build Back Better in any significant way. And maybe because, and that might be because uh, uh, he was uh, he was uh, uh, up for uh, renomination by President Biden. Maybe that maybe maybe that's what what. Maybe that's the cat that uh, that uh, caught his tongue or something, whatever that metaphor is. Uh, forget that. But there is a danger in this, and there's a significant danger in this, and that's this, cut 18. I believe they're going to flip-flop, and that's the worst of all three possibilities. If they flip-flop, if they, if they all of a sudden should reverse course and not follow the path they're on right now, they are... They are almost, they will certainly end up with a greater recession later. They can't, they might, the choices to me in looking at at this, this is what they've decided is maybe we can take out a small insurance policy against inflation getting any worse and we'll pay for the insurance policy with a little recession. Just a slowdown. Half a percent, that's not too much. Well, half a percent is still 750, 800,000 workers losing their jobs. To them, it's, it's a big deal. But they believe that that's not going to be nearly so bad for them as you might think. Okay, uh, one last cut from El Arian, cut number 19. Unfortunately, he's going to have to inflict some damage, John. He's late. He's very late. He should have started last year easing his foot off the stimulus accelerator. He didn't. I always go back to the very simple factoid. The week in March that the U.S. printed a seven-handle on CPI, the Fed was still injecting liquidity into this economy. Just think about that, John. So he's very late, and therefore the collateral damage is going to be significant. 
they did. And, we, and I think if you go back and listen to the show, you'd find we said about the same thing back in March. Could not understand why quantitative easing was still going on. And I'll remind you, it's still going on in Europe today. It's still going on in Japan today. And, and so maybe one last point of emphasis in this, in this, which is there's a lot of risk to a forecast that the Fed is creating from places outside of the United States. There's risk, there's risk in terms of fiscal policy. Maybe in a moment of maybe in a moment of peak or in desperation to think maybe they can save their save their electoral chances in November, uh, Congress can somehow find a way to pass one more spending package. I hope they don't. There's no need for it. I don't think there's any appetite for it. But um, it relies on it relies on the uh, good graces of um, of one or two senators of the of the Democrats for that to, for that to be held at bay. Um, and what happens if if that if they change their minds? What happens if one of them should die suddenly and be replaced by someone who's willing to do the spending? That could be a problem. There's okay. What's happening in Europe? You have to pay attention to what's happening in China, where their economy is slowing down, and you might see more spending. That's also an issue. There's a lot of risk out there right now. The Fed thinks it can make a small investment and get to the finish line and get inflation back down without too big a cost, but there's a cost to be paid, and they're going to pay it. But so are we, and there's a risk that it's going to cost us a lot more than they're saying right now. Wath, thank you so much for listening today. Daniel, thanks so much for the work and pulling all those clips together for us. We didn't even get to talk about the housing market. We'll save that for next week here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Are you feeling a cash crunch? Things a little tighter with inflation, gas prices on the way up. Also, interest rates creeping up. And now would be the time to take advantage of a refinance through United Faith Mortgage and ease that cash crunch. United Faith Mortgage will pay $500 of your appraisal fees on all refinances. And if you're looking to purchase that new home before interest rates go up, they'll pay $1,000 of your closing costs on new home purchases. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here for United Faith Mortgage. So take advantage of these two great offers, either $1,000 off your closing costs on a new home purchase or $500 off on your appraisal fees for all refinancing. 
You might just sleep a little better as you ease that cash crunch you might be experiencing. To learn more, visit United Faith Mortgage online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. That's unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. Animalist number 1330. Ryan Vareka, NMLS number 65233. Are you updating your home or remodeling your kitchen? Then look no further than PJ's Appliance to help you find quality appliances and keep your budget down. While many appliance stores have stocking issues, PJ's Appliance Outlets have added warehouse space to keep our stores stocked. So if you see it, you can take it. Hi, this is PJ. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores. How? By simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality appliances at unbeatable prices. PJ's Appliance Outlet has become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers, dryers, dishwashers, and so much more. Don't pay inflated prices for name brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big dollars at either our Plymouth or new Maplewood location. Visit us online at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where if you see it, you can take it. And every deal is a steal. The Biz Fort. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.